Welcome to another episode of Outdoors with MSA with Anthony Jones and myself, Jonathan Abernathy. Good morning. What's going on, buddy? I'm having trouble with the Wi-Fi here, getting it to work. There we go. You doing all right? Yeah, man, I'm doing, doing well. Good. <clears throat> Just got done eating good breakfast. Made us some biscuits and eggs and morning it was great i had a bowl of uh cereal i can't remember what kind darn man i like when it comes to cereal i gotta have my like fruity pebbles cocoa puffs cotton crunch cookie crisp you know Mm -hmm. so we went out and put some cameras up yesterday. Oh, yeah. It was a good time. It was another great adventure. You getting any I just, pictures? I just sent you the latest picture I had. It's a, it's a mystery picture. I'm pretty sure it's either a bird or a really big-ass cicada in front of my camera. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's something. I don't know what it is, but it's definitely something. And we put that one up pretty high. (laughs) All right, we're going to try this again. Yeah, top 10 states that we want to hunt in. Or that we have hunted in, and it's just our top 10 states, personal states. You have your top 10, I have my top 10. I guarantee you they're not even close to the same. They could be. You'd be surprised. If we match up on one, I will buy somebody on the page of shirt. If our numbers and states match on one, I will buy somebody on the page of shirt. The signal in here is bad today. I don't know if it's my Wi-Fi or or what, but my top states. uh, Do we want to go from number 10 to 1? Or no, you gotta go ten to one. You can't go one to ten. But did you hear what I said? No. I said if one of our numbers and states match, like say my number two and your number two match, I will buy somebody on the page of shirt. Oh, nice! Oh, that's a heck of a deal, man. Mm-hmm. That's how different I think our fucking list are. Well, let's let's find out. Let's hear your number 10 and some reasons why you picked that state. Number 10. I would choose for number 10, I'm going to say Kansas. And I say Kansas at 10 because, one, I have incredible turkey hunting. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Birds gobbled all day long. But they also have Big, big deer, man. And, I mean, have upland game, have good ducks. I've never been a duck hunter. Always something I wanted to try. Just once, you know. But the drawback for deer hunting that state is that it is a draw state. But it is a state that I want to go hunt and eventually put in and, and, uh, and try to get a tag for it. I've turkey hunted it. I'd like to go deer hunt it. I got a great place to go get my tag. Okay. My number 10 is Oregon. Oregon. Why Oregon? Because they have mule deer, black tailed deer, white tailed deer, and if I'm not mistaken, they have one more. Um, They have elk. Well, they have that. I mean, basically, they have they have all the big game that I'm interested in hunting. Uh, that that's why they make my number ten, and that and I've been up to Oregon before, and it's just it's a beautiful scenery. Everything's green. The weather's typically pretty decent. Uh, I mean, rainy, but I can deal with rain. It is a beautiful state. I've been there. It yeah, is. I like I like Oregon. Yeah, the people there are a little weird. I don't care for the people, but. As far as their animals, great animals. I agree. What's your number nine? Oh, this is a tough one. My number nine. 
would be Indiana. They got big whitetails. It's probably one of the most underrated states for whitetails. They have massive good bucks. And it's an underrated state for turkey hunting. You don't hear a lot of people talk about it. They got good turkey numbers. They got good deer numbers. Their licenses are pretty affordable compared to our state. Uh, I have some upland birds. You know, I like grass hunting. I'd like to go grass hunting. I have pheasant. The fishing is okay. Uh, You know, it's not as good as like Tennessee's fishing. But for a Midwest state, it's pretty good. And I, I grew up some in Indiana. It'd be nice to go back there and and turkey hunt that area. Okay. Alright. It's not, it's not a bad one. It's a good choice. My number nine, Arkansas. Okay. Or Arkansas, depending on right. where you're from. Um, it, it's kind of exactly like what you just said. It's an underrated... I mean, it's not so underrated anymore. Like People are starting to catch on that Arkansas is kind of becoming the new Kentucky uh, their deer populations are growing great. Uh, they have turkey there. Their fishing is pretty decent. Like it's just, it's an all-around great state to go outdoors in. Their turkey numbers are horrible, dude. Horrible. Are they? Oh, well, yeah. massive high. decline. But you got black bear hunting. You got hogs. You got elk. You got deer. Yeah. You know, it's it's a good state. Trout fishing. And you wouldn't right. think, a, um, you know, a state like Arkansas would be known for trout fishing, but they've got some trophy trout rivers. Yeah, so that was my number nine. What is your number eight? Ooh. My number eight. I'm going to say Maine. Ooh. I, say okay. Maine. I say Maine because they have black bear hunting. I would love yep. to go hunt a black bear. You can hunt over bait there. They have moose. Would love to go hunt moose. Uh, I have they and they don't judge a deer by its antlers up there. You know they don't say, "Well, it scored 140 points." They judge a deer by how much it weighs. Yeah. So I mean, you get a special patch and everything if you kill a buck in the over 200 range. You know. Uh, they got incredible lobster fishing, trout fishing, turkey hunting. That is a, just a kick butt state, you know. I would, I would love to go there for a week and, and just hunt so much different stuff, you know. That would be a good one. Uh-huh. My number eight. This is this is going to shock you a little. Uh, I'm sure you're going to have some words for me. My number eight is Tennessee. <laughs> um, you know, good deer, good turkey, good fishing. It's it's just an overall average state. Um, it's it's got a little bit of everything. You can go in East Tennessee and hunt black bear. You can go East Tennessee, and if you pull a tag, you can hunt uh, elk. Yeah, elk. Um, I mean, it's it's got a little bit of everything for the outdoor person. Like it's, it's there. It's not. It's not really a state that's on a lot of people's wish list, but it's it's got a little bit of everything. It does. It. I mean, it is a good state. You know, the licenses for non-residents are high, and they yeah. with that. You know, I hate a high license more than anything. But but what I do like about Tennessee, their bag limits are very reasonable. Absolutely. You know, from small game to big game. Yeah. Small game to big game. is a, uh, you know, definitely, definitely very liberal. Uh, you know, not as yeah. liberal as other states, but when you can kill three hundred does in a season, that's a pretty big. It's a pretty yeah. big. Man. Now I'm gonna go first on number seven okay. because you've already said my number seven, and you said it for almost the exact reasons I said it. 
and somebody was one spot away from getting a shirt, my number seven is Maine. <laughs> it, it's for all the reasons you said. Like it's, I have nothing else to really add to Maine other than it's a state that I've just I want to go to. Uh, the wildlife there, the scenery there. It's for a northern state. They they're doing it right. Yeah, they absolutely are, man. So, what is your number seven? My number six, Georgia. Set seven. We're on seven. Oh, we're on number seven. Yeah. My number seven. I'll put Georgia at seven. I'll do seven. Georgia at seven. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, they have good hog hunting. They got good turkey hunting. Their numbers have been steadily declining. Uh, they changed their season up a little bit. I love their deer restrictions. You know, you're only allowed two bucks and eight does or ten does and no bucks. Uh, you know, they got to have four points on one side. Your second buck's got to be like a ten point or bigger. I, and that that allowed for more mature bucks to make it. You know, you're going to have younger bucks getting into more maturity and having bigger bucks. It's just a state that I would really like to hunt. I mean, I grew up most of my life in South Georgia, seen good deer. I love the catfishing. It's just a whole different world down there when you get lost on them dirt roads, man. You know, it's funny. I live in Georgia. Georgia didn't even make my list. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I love. I mean, I like the state. I would love to hunt it. You know. Yeah, it's it's not bad. It's it's got it's kind of like Tennessee. It's got a little bit of everything. Um, it's average as far as size. Like you can you can get you a big one, but there's bigger in other states. Uh, it's it's an all around decent state. Yeah. So, what is your number six? What's your number? Uh, my number six? Yeah. Man, it's getting tough because there's a lot of good states, dude. Uh, I'd like to go hunt North Carolina. So I'll say okay. six at North Carolina. I'm going to say, and the reason being is you can hunt black bears. It's got yep. really good turkeys. It's got good yep. hogs. It's yep. got good deer. Uh, not for sure if it has elk there yet, or if they do, uh, their licenses are pretty reasonable. But at the same time, it's pretty much like Tennessee, you know. I mean, the state's almost identical until you get close to the coast. Yes. Yeah. Great trout fishing. It's home to some some of the best catfishing out there. It's, It's a state I would like to go hunt for a couple days. And it has some of the best offshore fishing. A lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, I'd like to go to the Outer Banks and, and go do some fishing out there. It just sounds like a good time. I mean, I've listened to you talk about North Carolina. Our listeners have listened it, to you talk about North Carolina. It, it, it deserves to be on the list. It's on my list. Yeah, I figured it's probably sitting at number one. <laughs> it is. It is. I want to go back and I want to run dogs again. I just, man, it it holds a special place. It's where I cut my teeth and hunting. Like, like, like I've said about Georgia and Tennessee, you're not going to kill the biggest deer out there. You're not going to get the big body, big antler, but it's just a good time. Yeah. What's your number six? My number six is Wyoming. Man, I love Wyoming. Yes. And for nothing other, like the only reason I even have Wyoming on the list is just because it is out there. There's not a lot there. You can backpack for fucking days out on some of their uh, WMAs, not see another soul. It would just be the most peaceful hunt I think I could, I could do. That's a good one, man. That is, I love that state. Beautiful state. I turkey hunted it in Wyoming. Uh, drove 19 hours. Left my house April 19th at 3 in the evening. Got there at 8 o'clock in the morning. 
started hunting at 10 and was tagged out at 12 and came home the next day. I mean, I, I really, I only hunted it for two hours. Beautiful state, dude. You can hunt mountain lions. You can hunt bears, elk, moose, whitetail deer, mule deer, antelope. They have, some, they have some amazing duck hunting. They have great upland bird hunting. Yeah. Turkeys are beautiful. I love Wyoming, and that is a great state to hunt, man. Yeah, now it probably should have been higher on my list, but you know there were some other some other ones that just had to come a little bit ahead of it. Yeah. Um, what is your number five? Oh man, my number five, Louisiana. Okay. I want to go Louisiana alligator. I want to go catch a big mess of crawfish. I want to go hunt hogs in the swamps. I want to turkey hunt the state, even though they don't have a whole lot of turkeys. They got got big deer down there. You would never think a southeast state like Louisiana would have some of the bucks that they have, but they got some big deer. They got them swamp donkeys. It, uh, you know, that's just the state overall. I would love to just go, go down to New Orleans and spend the day down there. Do some it, it's a state, it's yeah. a state like Wyoming that just it has endless amounts of things you can pursue. Yeah, and if you're a real outdoor, I'm not gonna say if you're a real outdoorsman, but if you're just outdoorsy, you will never get bored in Louisiana. Right, you know. Because there is something for you to do year round. Mm-hmm. My number five is in the same area. Uh, they share a border, Texas. What state? Texas. Texas. Yeah, that was going to be. That's yeah. going to be my next one. <laughs> no, I just kind of the same reasons I've pick a lot of these like you can just hunt so many different things they got great fishing uh it's the only drawback it's the texas they're cold yeah the only drawback to texas is that it has very limited access to public land yeah that is the one major drawback so unless you're on a lease you're friends with somebody with some land or you're paying an outfitter. I mean, that's the drawback to hunting Texas is that it's so hard to, to hunt there, uh, you know, as far as public land access goes, uh, you know, so I would love to go hunt there. I would love to go hunt turkeys there, but man, it's going to be hard because, I would have to have an outfitter if I'm a friend that has them. Yeah, I would actually, if I redid this list, I would probably move Texas further up and some of the other ones down. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's on the list. Uh, what's your number four? Oh, man, this is tough. Number four. I'm going to say Pennsylvania. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, they got great deer, butter, elk, turkeys, you know, good trout fishing, good just fishing in general. And I mean, it's an old state, you know, it's one of those old, old states where it's a lot of history with it. And there's just something about getting up in the mountains and chasing after a thunder gobbler is what it's all about, you know. Yeah. That's my number. What was that, number four? Yeah, it was number four. Mm. My number four was Colorado. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Colorado has a lot of the same reasons as Wyoming. Uh, You can, there's a lot of different species there. I've been to Colorado. I love the scenery there. It's just beautiful. Um, It's just on the wish list. Yeah. 
It's a good I mean, we We've made it to the top three, and we haven't had a match yet. And there are two states that I know me and you are huge fans of, and I have a feeling we're going to get a match here soon. Maybe. <laughs> what is your number three? Kentucky. Oof. Okay. Kentucky, and that is because they're doing such an amazing job on our turkey population and the state as a whole. I went there this spring, heard 35 different times goblin in two. 35, which is insane. They're known for big bucks. Yeah. And, and, you know, and just, I was there for two days, and I bet I saw over 150 deer in two days, from morning yeah. to dark and all in between. I the saw one the Kentucky, it was loaded. Yeah. You know, I saw rubs as big around as a basketball. So, I mean, there's just, the options are endless as far yeah. as Kentucky goes. What's your number three? Alaska. That was going to be my number two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only reason Alaska wasn't number two is because I lived in Alaska. I got to hunt it a little bit. Loved it. I love it when the salmon run. The fishing is just all out of this world. The hunting out of this world. The moose. Moose meat will change your life. You have a moose steak, you'll never like any other meat. Uh, just won't do it for you, uh, Alaska man. It's I don't even have to explain why it's number three. People are probably going to message me and be like, hey, "Alaska number three." That should be one or two. Right. So, uh, Kentucky's number two on my list for a lot of the same reasons you just said, <laughs> man. Produce huge deer. Like it's it's insane. Um, I went up there. And there was never a time we went out that I didn't see deer. Like, it was more of a, well, which one do I want situation instead of, oh, man, I hope I can find one. Right. So, and then you said your number two was Alaska. Why? I mean, just the thought of maybe getting once-in-a-lifetime tag to go hunt sheep, uh, go hunt a caribou, salmon, moose. You know, I would love to go and hunt a sick of blacktail deer. I would love to go to Kodiak Island and kill a grizzly, you know. Uh, or There's just so much stuff to do there. It's it's really endless. Endless. <laughs> so, so much. What's your number one? Oh, hometown, North Carolina, man. I want to go run dogs again. I know you can run dogs in other states, but yeah. North Carolina. I don't blame you. It's, it's, nobody said that this list is uh, the de facto top 10 for everybody, but and for a lot of people in North Carolina probably wouldn't even make their top 10. Yeah. But it's where I'd, I'd like to go again. Yeah. Maybe we can one day. No, we will. Oh, no doubt. All right, bud. You're number one. This is so tough, dude. So, uh, I, I mean, go... I'm just curious. I'm curious to see what you have above Kentucky and Alaska. Uh, yeah, I want to go hunt South Dakota. Okay. They got okay. a massive amount of big mule deer. They got antelope at the wazoo. I want to go pheasant hunt the cornrows of South Dakota, man. I want to, and I mean, there's so many other states that I would, I want to go hunt and explore and just try. But South Dakota, I drove through there last or last spring, not the last this year, but last year, and I bet I saw a million ducks and geese. You know, they got antelope, and that is one of my bucket list animals, is getting an antelope. You know, there's just, there's so much history with it. The turkeys are unreal. 
It's it's one of my go to states that I want to go to. It's a good one. It it's kind of the same reasons I picked Wyoming. I mean, they're right there. I agree, man. Well, it looks like it's time to bring in our special guest. Did you ever send me his number? I tried to. I don't know why I didn't go through. Maybe it went through that time. If not, I'll send it to you on Messenger. Okay. There you go. It's sent that way. I'm super excited for this guest to come on. He was my hero in high school. You know, I really looked up to him. Such a great guy for not only our state, but our community as well. Veteran of Desert Storm. And he does so much for our youth in our state. I mean, what he has done is just ever piss in the wind compared to what he's done. He is just an amazing person overall. And it, I mean, he's he is what helped push me towards the Marine Corps. He'll never know it. He wasn't in the Marine Corps. My pa was. But seeing the way that Mr. David Larry carried himself. And how he acted in public was, you know, epitome of how I became who I am. I wanted to be like David Lowry. He is a great guy. Uh, you know, and I don't ever thank him enough. You know, he used to follow us around on our high school football games and take pictures for us. And He was just always a stand-up person. He, you know, he was just a, a real role model of what a veteran should be like in society you know not only did he go and serve our great country but when he came home he served the community now he serves our state by working for the TWRA you know he he was a if I'm not mistaken created the Tennessee High School Bass Fishing Association it's just what he's doing. It's just amazing work, and I'm super excited that he's coming in. You might want to shoot him a text. Oh, nope, there he goes. I'm here. I'm here, boys and girls, or just boys, or whatever's here. I'm Mr. <laughs> David. How are y'all doing? I'm good, sir. We're super doing good. excited. Super excited to have you in. Jonathan, this is David. Mr. David, this is Jonathan. How, How you doing? Jonathan? Oh, can't complain. I'm above ground. Well, you know, those are usually good days. Usually good days. Amen to that. So, Mr. David, I just kind of gave everybody uh, that's listening to our podcast, kind of just gave them a a brief little overview. But I'd really just like for you to come in and just tell us about your time in Desert Storm a little bit. And then let's talk about some bass fishing and and what you're doing now with the TWRA. Well, I was with uh, the 101st during Desert Storm. I was crazy enough to join up at about 22 years old. I didn't think my life was going anywhere. And before I knew it, I'd end up in the chemical branch and ended up in Desert Storm. Uh, I was with uh, 63rd Chemical Company out of the 101st. Uh, you know, we, uh, we, were, we were pretty important, they thought. Uh, you know, getting ready to go over there. And when we got over there and then we, you know, as it's time to come home and none of the chemical stuff had officially happened, um, we ended up being a car wash company, washing back, back like that again, washing everybody's stuff with the senators, um, you know, before it was coming home. So it was kind of like back to reality, but, um, did 214 days over there. Uh, only to be, only was about seven or eight days inside Iraq. Um, you know, served with some pretty pretty cool people. Served with a couple of people that I wouldn't ever want to see again the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, we had uh, we I I host reunions every year. Uh, a couple of different years we've done them where they're going to be in different places. This year, uh, some of the guys decided they want to try to do one up at Fort Campbell and go see things since it's 30 years uh, since. But uh, I've kind of kept everybody together for 30 years. 
um, or, or regathered them, so to speak. We've, a lot of people lost contact, and then, uh, um, you know, the internet and all that good stuff um, allows you to bring everybody back in, and so we've uh, we've done that, and we've lost good members over the years. One, you know, we lost our first sergeant uh, 12, 13 years ago, and that's still hard on all of us because he was – he was larger than life, and and we all looked up to him quite a bit. But uh, you know, um, and the the main thing I say about my Desert Storm experience um, all the time is is how well Grundy County and this mountain took care of me while I was there. Um, I was in the desert over. I was over there for two hundred fourteen days. And I received in excess of 1,000 letters. I had a mailing list of probably 140, 150 people. Every time I turned around, I was getting a care package. And when I got a care package, I got a big old care. I didn't get little care packages. I got big ones. And I got care packages big enough that I was sharing with the other guys. And um, especially if any of the stuff that was – um, you know, like fresh stuff, that homemade stuff, you basically, with that atmosphere over like it was being so dry, it sucked the moisture out of anything. So you um, you better eat it up quick or it's going to get harder. And when you were getting homemade cookies or homemade pound cake and stuff like that, um, mm-hmm. you know, I shared it. And, um, you know, I think that's part of the bribe that made all these guys my buddies for all this time because – I kept oh, on starving to death. Yeah. <laughs> I still got friends. My mom was the same way. Um, when I was in Afghanistan, my dad was in Iraq at the same time. So my mom was sending out two care packages at a time. Yeah. And she loaded these things down. Oh, yeah. And I love them. And it was the same thing. I'd always get extra this and that. And so I'd be handing it out. And I still have friends to this day just because... They're like, man, you saved my life with those extra socks, those extra shirts. Well, with us, it was mainly food and baby wipes because we weren't getting, you know, when we were moved up north, there weren't any showers or anything. Yeah. And they never understood why a bunch of grown men were asking for baby wipes. And it's like, we wanted yep. to get a little bit clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, all we, we had was a broken uh, pressure washer for a shower and yeah. uh, baby wipes. Well, our deal, I mean, we had the, we had them M17 Senators. We could hook up hot showers. We used to have the water. Mm. Um, but, um, the, uh, uh, you know, when we went north, when we went north to get ready for the ground offensive, we got showers down there at King Fod. And then, uh, well, I didn't have a shower for 14 days. Got one. We finally got water and we hooked up the Senators and did showers got a shower and didn't get another one for 16 days. And, uh, you know, you get rather funky. Yes. Especially so baby, in that heat. Yeah. So, so baby wipes were, were essential, but you know, I watched, uh, man, I had, uh, I had grown men cry over care packages because I'd find out some getting anything like ever. And I'd, yeah. I'd share their name back here at home and some church would send them a box or something like that. I'm telling you, I watched grown men cry over Nilla wafers and rich crackers. Yeah, I mean, well, it's a, it's just that feeling of, uh, I don't even, I don't have the word for it, but yeah, getting something from home when you don't have anybody is just, it's a morale booster. Yeah, yeah. I, I, this this one particular guy, he's tall, always played tough. And uh, when he got this huge box in one night, there's about six boxes come in the tent. Mine and others, I mean, they all, all six of them had to do with a, a care package drive they did up here on the mount. And his name got called and he went up in front of the tent and got it. And I mean, he didn't, he was just like, what's going on here? And uh, carried it back through the back to the back of the tent where his cot was with his both arms wrapped around it, looking at everybody like, if you touch it, I'll kill you. <laughs> and, uh, later 
And he's just sitting on the cot looking over inside this box of all this stuff. And he's got tears in his eyes. I said, you all right, Will? He said, man, these people don't, don't even know me. I said, doesn't matter, Will. They know me. They know you're my friend and they know you needed something. And he said, now I understand why you go home every weekend back at home. Cause you know, it wasn't that hard to get back to the mountain from Fort Campbell. And I come home most weekends. I'd rather be up here than running up and down the strip up there at Clarksville bar hopping. <laughs> I just came home. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a big difference because there was a, a majority of the time we were eating MREs over there and the MREs of 30 years ago were, I, I was not fond of them and that's the polite terminology. Yeah, don't worry. They haven't gotten much better. They're better, but not by much. We got to a, we got to a bombed out airfield in Iraq and there's no people there, but there's a mother dog and puppies. Looks like they're starving. Well, of course, we're all homesick and everything else, and I'm a dog lover, so I went and got one of the puppies going to take care of it. I opened up an MRE of chicken and rice. Now, remember, bombed out airfield, ground defensive, war zone, starving. I opened up chicken and rice. Dog walked up to it, turned his nose up, and walked away. I looked, <laughs> I looked at the dog. I said, I understand. I won't eat that either. I got out a beef stew, and it ate that one. Yeah, if a dog won't eat it, that tells you a lot. Exactly, especially a starving dog in a war zone. So, but I, I did about three years, got out, was out for about a year, and then the um, a reserve unit in Chattanooga pestered me to death, wanting an NBC NCO, and I went and visited them at a drill, and somebody whispered in my ear and said, "You sure this? You know where we're going for summer camp?" And I said, "No, where are you going?" He said, well, we're going to Egypt. You know, summer camp's longer if you go overseas. Oh, oh no, it's going to be three weeks instead of two. Oh, my God. <laughs> and and then, two, I had I had a brother in the res- Marine Corps Reserves, and I know how they treated them that when they went on their summer camp, like when they went out to 29 Palms for summer camp, on the weekend in the middle, they'd put them on bus, take them to Vegas. So I'm sitting here thinking, Okay, I'm going to Egypt with the reserves. What might I get to see? And sure enough, yeah. it, it took three different days. And it, whenever it was your turn, you got civilian clothes, got on the bus. I've been to the pyramids, the Sphinx, downtown Cairo. Never would have got there any other way, and it's some of the most breathtaking stuff you'll ever see in your whole life. That's awesome. So, That's awesome. So Anthony was telling me a little bit about – uh what you're doing with the state of Tennessee and the high school bass fishing association and TWRA, you want to touch on any of that? Absolutely. Um, you know, all of it originates from my kid looking at me when he was six years old and saying, daddy, I want to fish a tournament. Um, and I'd never been in tournament fishing at that point. I just fished. So we found an organization that was adult and juniors. And we got into that, and me and him are still in that organization. Then when he got to high school, uh, high school fishing had really started and kind of was really starting to grow. And I knew if he was going to have a chance at scholarships, I needed to get a team up here. So we started the team at Grundy in 2011. Um, And then in 2000, spring of 2015, there was an opportunity for me to run a trail for Bassmaster here in the southeast part of the state as a contract deal. So I put together four tournaments and a championship, and we had a trail for all the school teams through here. And we did really well with it, and we did it again in the spring of 2016. And then in the summer of 2016, the national president or the national director, Hank Weldon, he wasn't real happy with uh, the – existing state youth directors for Bassmaster in Tennessee. So he called up the state president who is basically over the adult stuff and over everything, but you know, the youth guys run the youth stuff. And he said, you, those two yahoos have got to go. And he he recommended me for the position. And I, part of me was reluctant because my son had graduated high school 
in the spring of 2015. So by 2016, I'm sitting there and part of me is looking at ways to back up and do a little bit less. Yeah. But, but these guys weren't doing the job. So I, I took it. And when I took over, we were like one of the lowest in the country for numbers in Bassmaster of numbers of kids participating in high school and youth. And in 2019, in the spring of 2019, we took over the first place spot and finally got ahead of Alabama. And now we're the largest in Bassmaster for high school and youth um, kids, you know, uh, that are registered with Bassmaster and participating in the sport. So we've got, you know, I don't know, we're pushing 200 high schools and um, 75 uh, or so junior teams. The junior teams are second grade through eighth grade. The high school is eighth grade through senior year. An eighth grader can do one or the other. They can't do both. So um, we do a lot of tournaments all throughout the school year. We fish both in the fall and in the spring, and then we have our championships in May and June, and then that culminates and goes towards the uh, the Bassmaster High School National Championships coming up this coming week over in Dayton. Um, so the next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday is that event with the best 100 or so boats in the country. Tennessee's got 52 that qualified for that tournament, so we've got more than anybody. Wow. And, um, but the trouble is, is we still can't seem to win the title. Mm. Alabama's beat us the last three years, and the year before that, it was one, you know, one state after the other, and all those were up on Kentucky Lake, so it's kind of home territory, and, uh, you know, we've won a junior national championship last year at Carroll County, uh, Ray County team won that, but we've yet to win the high school uh, national championship, so I'm kind of hoping next week we can, we can get that problem solved. Because uh, we've got a lot of good boats after it, and you know a lot of them are very familiar with Chickamauga. I was about to say that's home turf. Got to protect the home turf. Exactly, exactly. So you know, I expect I expect our boats to do well next week. Um, and in doing all that as a volunteer, uh, it it got me kind of friends with and in the eyes of some people at TWRA. And then in December of 2019, I was looking to change jobs. Uh, I'd, I'd done a, a couple other things in the state, state government, and I was trying to stay in state government at least to get 20 years of service. And uh, anyway, in December of 2019, they posted this job uh, on the state website that says wildlife information specialist. And I'm like, well, what the devil is this about? So, um, I, um, I looked at all the details and everything in it was stuff I had experience in between the stuff of running tournaments. And then also as a side job, I was, um, for 25 years, I was a sports reporter for Grundy's paper. So I, you know, wrote stories and took pictures so that that's part of this job. And, um, I interviewed and got the job and went to work for him in January and my my official title is the R three, the R three outreach program manager. Now R three is big push across the country uh, for for all things with every state agency that does outdoor stuff. R three is recruitment, retention, and reactivation. So our goal is to recruit new people into hunting, fishing, and shooting. Mm-hmm retain the ones we have and reactivate the ones we've lost. So, um, you know, if, if you thought about, let me ask y'all this question. If you thought about the demographics of who buys the most licenses in the state of Tennessee, what, what type of person do you think buys the most licenses? Mm. Now, are we talking demographic as far as income? Uh, well, 
let's make it simple because uh, there's more there's a lot of demographic issues but right men and women and what race uh, uh, I would say white Caucasian males yeah right after that because we've we've had a company come in and pull all the numbers you know run all the numbers after you get past white males our numbers drop off yeah. And e- even with white males, it depends on the that demographic of, you know, are you urban or rural? Mm-hmm. If you're urban, are you a hipster? You know, the the guys with the manicured beards and the tight jeans. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, that, and the other. We don't do well with women, with any minority. We don't do well in the urban areas. We don't do well with people like hipsters. We, we do well with, with youth, and then they hit high, graduating high school age, and a lot of them that go to college, it's like, well, you know, I'm too busy. So they don't, yeah. renew, their, they don't renew their license. They don't go hunting and fishing. Uh, and then they don't necessarily come back into it until they're like they got kids, and they want to bring their kids back into it. So we lose them for a period of time, and we don't want to do that. Yeah. So, you know. My mission is to help us with recruitment, retention, and reactivation. I do various events across the state. Uh, the main thing I'm doing right now is called Fishing 101. And I have a box trailer with a whole bunch of rods and reels and hooks and sinkers and floats and that kind of stuff. And we go to uh, different lakes, and we've been targeting metro lakes. Uh, one in Nashville, one in Chattanooga, one in Maryville, one in Memphis. But we're talking, and I'm talking about smaller ponds. I'm not talking about the big lakes. But we target yeah. that and set that trailer up and invite people to come out via social media and different advertising and say, hey, if you don't know how to fish, come on. We've got the gear and we're going to show you how. And we're we're reaching people with that. Uh, we're not reaching enough. But, but then again, these people, I don't think we ever reach enough unless we get them all. Right, uh, but but we're doing that, and it is. I mean, it's very basic. It's Zebco thirty threes, floats, hooks, and sinkers. Yeah, and night crawlers. You know, uh, it's basic entry level stuff. We've got rods set up with little plastic fish on them, where they can cast that out and practice their casting. But there's no hooks on it or anything. It won't hurt anybody unless you slap them in the face or something. Uh, and we've taught people from four years old to seventy years old. And I mean, I had a guy come up to me at park in Nashville last summer and he was a 70 year old white male who said he'd never been fishing. And I'm like, sir, I don't know whether I need to help you or call a lawyer for you to sue somebody because you've been robbed. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can't imagine being 70 and never gone fishing. Uh, you know, I mean, I've fished yeah. all my life. I'm going to say some of my youngest memories are with a fishing pole. Yeah, I mean, I got so much extra time with my kid as he grew up, and I attribute all of that to fishing. To fishing. We spent countless, countless hours on fishing. Yeah, I wish uh, wish the TWRA would do something about that at state fees, but... Because I, I hunt and fish Tennessee a lot, living in Ringgold, Georgia, you know, just 15 minutes down the road from Chattanooga. Uh, oof, it's, it's a strain every year, but, I mean, the state does a great job with it. Just wish they'd lower that, that out-of-state fee a little. Which state? Tennessee? Yeah. Yeah. License, rate, license fees, I don't suspect, will go down. But I don't, okay. also don't think they're going to go up anytime soon. So at least, at least you've got that to hold on to. <laughs> I think I think to come up there and hunt Tennessee, it's uh, as out of state, it's like three hundred five or three ten. You yeah, know, not the worst. But if I come to Georgia, I got to pay out of state. If I go to Alabama, I got to pay out of state. Until you, right, but they're not as high. I mean, if we could get states to do more reciprocal stuff. It probably yeah. lower the, lower the dollars. 
especially i think there needs to be like a, a buffer zone if you live within so many miles of the border and there might already be one and i might just be too far out of it but that if you're right there on that border you right. should be able to bounce back and forth um but then that it's, it'll cause the whole thing i get why they do it and all the money goes back for a good cause to help you know the conservation efforts and all of that so i don't i don't mind but i have to hear it from the wife every year and that <laughs> <I> don't, <mind. laughs> don't don't tell her don't tell her how much it costs anymore oh she after about four years she's she's already got it pinned in the books <laughs> Anthony, you've been mighty quiet, bud. You got anything? I don't even know if he's still here. I don't know. He's connected. His little, it says he's connected. Maybe he took a nap, or maybe he's having to take care of the kids. Um, but that uh, that stuff with the TWRA getting people out, that's great. I mean, I, I, like you said, I couldn't imagine being 70 and never been fishing. Oh, my God. <laughs> And fishing is one of those things. It's one of the the easiest things to because hunting you have to find the land or the public land, and not everybody's as friendly and welcoming. But fishing, you know, unless somebody's got their little secret honey hole, most people are like, "Yeah, man, hey, come on down. We'll we'll go out with you." Right. We we call fishing the gateway drug. Oh, it is. You know, and and, and we're doing a lot of things with TWRA to try to. I mean, there's so many more things than just what I do. There's there's uh, the officers out there. They do things in their own counties. There's there's other outreach people. There's one of there's one of me in each reach of the four regions of the state, and they do all kinds of things. Um, we have a website. Uh, we we also we got Facebook and we got all the social media and we publish stuff there. But our one of our websites is go or our main website is go outdoors tennessee.com mm-hmm. and on that there is a wealth of information and um, you know you click one button and it takes you to all the different licensing stuff you can go through there and figure out what license you need and purchase it uh, yeah. there's a page right in the middle that says events every event that we're doing in the state of tennessee as, as a TWRA officer or a partner group with us, we are, it's posted on there. So, so like, you know, there's two different things going on today. Uh, tomorrow, there's a fishing event at Fort Loudon. Then I'm doing an event at uh, Couchville Lake up in uh, uh, Hermitage. Um, you know, and there's just tons of stuff posted. And it's always updated. It's like I've got a bunch more events I need to put in the system for for my next two months schedule, and I haven't even put them in there yet. I'm going to work on that next week. And um, um, you know, but if you want to do something, or if you want to find out about a class, we've got online classes for hunting, for for uh, for scouting, for you know, scouting for turkey, scouting for deer. We've had, we've got classes in in the video can, so to speak. You can just click the video. Uh, my my supervisor did one here a few months back where he showed you how to make turkey schnitzel out of a wild turkey breast. Oh wow! Yeah. So uh, I mean, you know, I've got a video that shows you how to actually how to fillet a little bitty fish, which is, of course anybody knows any, about it. It's the same way you fillet a big fish, but there's people look at a little brim or bluegill and think that they can't actually fillet it, get the bones out of it, and yeah. you know, and not get enough fish. Well, you catch enough of them, you know, you can fillet enough of them, have a decent mess of fish. Granted, like fish. you know, you got to add some French fries, hush puppies, and coleslaw to have a meal, but you, know, oh, yeah. you can you can cook just about any size fish. So here's one of the questions I have for the people who are listening that may not be huge bass fishers. What would be the easiest lure or bait to use to start catching bass regularly instead of catching the bluegill and the brim and all that? Uh, if I was going to try to do that and just try to go catch a bass somewhere, 
if I wanted to move it along rather quickly, I'd get myself a white spinnerbait and not a big one, about a medium-sized <laughs> white spinnerbait. Uh, the other thing I would do is I'd get me a, uh, you know, a, a, a bag of plastic worms, you know, a bag of whatever kind of worms you want, and set either do a shaky head setup or just a, like a simple Texas rig. And, and drag a worm slowly across the bottom of whatever body of water you're on, be it a pond or whatever, and just keep working until it gets in front of something because bass normally are looking down like that um, and watching stuff that moves on the bottom because they like crawfish and everything else. And then that spinnerbait coming through the water looks like, um, you know, bait fish. Yeah. So... If I was going to go, I would, I mean, I've got another bait I like to use, but Lord, you can't even hardly find them anymore because of all the shortages, but it's just a small, uh, 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 swim bait with a lead head. And, you know, it's, it's, it's about two and a half inches long and it's, it's a flexible body swim bait that looks just like a minnow. Uh, I don't go anywhere without taking that rod with that bait on it because it's just my go-to. But uh, those are a couple things that uh, my my father-in-law is 89 years old. And I promise you, when he goes to any pond up here on this mountain, that rod with that white spinnerbait's in his hand. I had pretty good luck last year on just doing a little wacky rig with a, uh, a young bass-colored worm on it like those. I'm a, I'm a big fan of green pumpkin. I do like the green pumpkin myself. I like it. Uh, and then, you know, I'll start looking, depending upon water color and the time of year, I'll look at black and blue. Um, but, um, you know, those those are simple things. You know, if I was if I was taking somebody to introduce them to fishing with artificial lures, it falls right into that white spinnerbait deal Uh I'm a big believer in the good old classic beetle spin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you get the smaller size you go, the more fish you're going to catch of all kinds. You get a little bit bigger and it makes it harder on those bluegill to get to it. And you're looking at bass and crappie then. So yep. I think a beetle spin is also a, a major you everyone should have in their tackle box bait. It's very versatile. You can catch a lot on it. Yeah. Uh, one big thing I want to mention, too, while I'm thinking about it, is we currently have our annual raffle going on for TWRA. The, the, okay. uh, and actually, it's the Tennessee Wildlife Foundation. It's TWRA's foundation. And that gives us money that, what, what the money we raise with that is not restricted in how we use it. So we can do different things with it. Some of the money, like last year, some of the money was used to buy uh, annual licenses for a whole group of uh, youth with disabilities um, because there was a program in the area that, that uh, facilities at, and we and other people were working and taking these, you know, teaching them fishing and getting them involved in the outdoors, getting more of an opportunity for them. But they're like everybody else. They got to have a license. But we used some of that foundation money and bought their licenses for them. So uh, this raffle thing that we do annually through the foundation um, was really, in the beginning, it was just that elk hunt raffle. Mm -hmm. And, and, that's all it was to start with. And then over the last couple of years, it's been expanded to have different things. So now this year there's 10 major prizes and then there's a uh, hundred more uh, custom pocket knives they're going to give away. So there's 110 people going to win something. But the major prizes on this thing, and, and the tickets are, are not bad. I mean, you can um, – I'm trying to get my slow internet to open up on the thing so I read it directly and don't mess it up. And, of course, it's taking forever. Uh, I'll take time. Um, 
but the, the some of the major deals are it's still the the elk hunt. So all right, so you are here. You can get one ticket for twenty dollars, three for fifty, or you can get ten tickets for a hundred dollars. So here's your prizes. And 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 the way we do this is the way the commission does it is all right. When it's time to draw, they draw somebody's name out, and they get to pick from all the prizes first. The next person they draw out gets to pick from what's left and so on. So here are the prizes. One of them is $50,000 towards a new Ford vehicle. Oh, wow. The Mid-South Ford dealers came together and and put this together for us. And you're going to be able, whoever gets that's going to be able to go to a Mid-South Ford dealer and whatever vehicle they want is going to have $50,000 taken off the price. I'm getting Ford Raptor. The next, the next one, the next package is a Tracker Pro Team One Seventy Five tournament fishing boat. Oof. Uh, the next one is the elk hunting package. So it's it's the uh, tag for the bull elk in Zone One, plus a gun, plus uh, some boots, plus a scope. Uh, I don't know what the, there's other things on there. All right, next one is a utv package so it's a tracker xo 400 utility side by side the next one is a is a deer hunting package at president's island and with that package you're getting um a tree stand pair of boots a crossbow uh okay all right tethra multi-pursuit amp pods with deer programming. So I guess those are, um, instead of ear pods for music, they're ear pods to help you hear the deer. All right. The, oh, next, okay. the next, and that was on the other hunt too. The next one is a waterfowl hunting package. So it's a two day duck hunt for four people with final flight outfitters and it's clothing. And those, uh, those ear pod things again, and a, and a shotgun. Uh, the next package is a $5,000 gift card to Academy. Uh, the next package is a turkey hunting package. So it's Tennessee Governor's one-shot turkey hunt with a, with guide by Preston Pittman. And again, a gun and all kinds of gear. Uh, then there's a long-range shooting package. And, and uh, you're going to get a long-range shooting system. So you're going to get a long-range rifle. I believe, let's see, I can't tell if the Brighton's too small, but there's a rifle and there's all kinds of package stuff with that. And the last major package is a heritage package. It is an exclusive Tennessee Henry rifle, customized Tennessee Henry rifle with some other merchandise from us. And it is a very pretty lever action Henry rifle. And one ticket puts you in on all of those, or is it 20 per one that you want to put in on? Well, all right. You can buy one ticket for $20. You mm-hmm. can buy three tickets for $50. You can buy 10 tickets for $100. Now, if you have more than one ticket, you can win more than one time. Oh. Okay. So you could you could win two prizes. I mean, it's going to be really hard because there's a lot of people that buy tickets. So oh, yeah. There's, there's odds involved. But you, yes, you could actually win two prizes or three prizes or whatever. That's possible. And is all of this on the Go Outdoors Tennessee website? Uh, that well, no. Here's where I want to send you to this one. Okay. This, this one is the Tennessee Conservation Raffle. So it's raffle dot twrf.net raffle.twrf.net and and I'm telling you man these packages are great and what's cool is that even those of us that work for twra except for the the uh, director mm-hmm. uh, all the uh, we can all enter it too now, I haven't seen anybody win it out of the, out of the workforce yet, but um, you know I'd love to have that Henry rifle. Um, I'd love to, I really need that UTV on my property. There there wasn't there wasn't a package I heard that I wasn't like oh I could use that 
I could use that. They're all great packages. Yeah. I don't know if I could do the, the, the money on the vehicle because my son might not let me allow me to have a Ford. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to be like that growing up. And uh, I finally, I ended up with a Ford. And you know what? It's been been okay. It's been a point A to point B. Gets me where I'm going. Yeah. But, but th- you know, you get a lot of, of information off of our Facebook page. Um, you know, so, uh, and then there's the, the website I already gave you. And, uh, so uh, there's just so much information about TWRA out there and, and our mission is to serve the public. It is to better the, the fisheries and the hunting areas. And so, you know, they're, they're, we've got the wildlife management areas and they put out food plots to help feed these animals and make sure things are going well. We got guys that go out and do stuff that help protect things that nobody hunts. I mean, we got programs about salamanders for goodness sake. So, um, <laughs> well, you know, seriously. So, uh, I mean, they all need, they all need it. Right. So t- people don't even realize how much stuff the TWRA does to help improve the outdoors in Tennessee every single day. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, it's needed because nobody else is going to do it. Well, and it's, I mean, it's a great job. It's a great place to work. Uh, You know, um, I got hired in in January of last year. My supervisor, he got hired in November of the year before. I've about got him trained and got him straightened out. So (laughs) I keep telling him that. He just shakes his head. So That's awesome. Well, Well, I had had, uh, 19 and a half government before i went to this particular job and he had no years in state government so (laughs) there are things i'm teaching him (laughs) oh yeah without a doubt well we've hit an hour mark david i don't know where anthony has disappeared off to but it was a blast having you on you gave us some great information i'm going to post the the two different websites you gave me onto our page and uh, we'll get that out there and see if we can't get some more people interested in that raffle. Oh, yeah. We're selling a lot. We'll be glad to sell some more. All right. Well, until we bring you back on, David, it was a pleasure having you. Love talking to you. And uh, good luck next week on that tournament. Hopefully we can finally bring one to Tennessee. Thank you much. I hope we can. And I just want to tell everybody, get outdoors and get your license to go hunting and fishing. All right. Have a good one, David. You too. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of Outdoors with MSA. Please go to our Facebook page, Military Sportsmen of America. Give us a like. Share it with that vet you know. Until next time, we'll see you around.